gotta get on ya. Yeah. Gotta get on ya. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to another episode of Guide Live B2B Jam Session with your host, Tim Salab, Mr. Future of Work. How are y'all doing today? Happy Monday. You know, while I try to figure out how this thingamajiggy works. By the way, I love these speakers. If you ever get a chance to pick up these JVC Bluetooth speakers, please check them out. I actually picked them up on my way back home to, to Katie, um, coming from, I think it was Austin. And it was so, I was like, these are like the, the nicest, most portable speakers I've ever seen in my life. And they pack a mean sound. So make sure you check them out, JVC speakers. You can get them at, at you can't get them at a dollar store, but you can get them at the local Walgreens in your neighborhood. <laughs> With that said, you know, I'm excited because today's episode has a really, really special guest, someone I follow religiously on Twitter. And you may know her on, Twi- on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. She's super active on LinkedIn. She has a huge LinkedIn following, actually. And she is just, she. I mean, she'll stand out in any room that you put her in. In fact, you know, I'm going to even talk to her a little bit about her her, her name, <laughs> how she came up with it, what inspired it. But she's my favorite unicorn, the blue-haired unicorn, Madison Butler. She is a New Englander at heart, but moved to Austin in 2017. Forever we love Austin. That's my alma mater, UT Austin. That's my city. I love that city. Her work is focused around creating equitable spaces and creating scalable strategies to achieve psychological safety. You all know that's my favorite word. We've had so many episodes on psychological safety on Guide Live. It's insane. She's also an outspoken advocate for mental health, destigmatizing trauma, DEI, and the ability to be human at work. She's passionate about facilitating hard conversations through storytelling, data, and through and tough empathy and through empathy as well. She's a startup enthusiast, passionate about building inclusive teams from the ground up with early stage companies, really helping you think about your inclusive practices, who you're putting in leadership roles, where you're raising venture capital from, all that good jazz. She's so super committed to the work that she does and helping change the narrative around the world for what it looks like to be human at work humanizing work and that's my favorite my, my favorite uh, word because i think we need to be more human at work and she's hoping to help alleviate unconscious bias in corporate america big c's corporate america i'm super excited to talk to madison today about her tweets because her tweets are live we're definitely talking about her tweets also just her background and what motivated her what motivates her to do this work and what inspired her to to do the work that she's doing now and and really kind of like before the blue haired unicorn, who was Madison, right? This is this is a behind the scenes episode of who was Madison before being the blue haired unicorn. With that said, Madison, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's a Monday, so I haven't done my hair yet. So I kind of apologize, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's definitely Monday life for anyone that, that, that wakes up and has a normal Monday. So I, I feel you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about where you're tuning in from. Where are you joining us from? So I'm from Austin. Well, I'm not from Austin, Texas. I live in Austin, Texas. Um, You said it right. I am a New Englander through and through. So you'll never hear me say I am a Texan, but I am in 
not sunny Austin, Texas today. Yeah. <laughs> so is it raining in Austin right now, which is really rare? Um, it was just like torrentially downpouring a couple minutes ago, but now it's not raining. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think we're in that part of the year where the weather is it's pretty unsure of what it's going to do every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, so you're a New Englander at heart. You know, what? What? when did you move to Austin? What transpired that move and why Austin? Because there's a lot of reasons why people move to Austin. Why you? Um, so I am from Rhode Island. I grew up there. I lived there my whole life. I moved here in 2017. I was actually supposed to move here at the beginning of 2017 and then blew my knee out and had to have surgery and all that fun stuff. So I ended up here in the winter of 2017. I picked Austin because it's warm. And there's no snow. Well, there's no snow until a couple weeks ago. Um, And I just, I wanted to be somewhere that had a moderate temperature that wasn't like a wild Republican state um, or location. And so your options are like Austin or California. And I'm not necessarily a California kind of girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a little too far west for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a move going from Austin to, to Cali. It's a, it's a big leap. I, I've made the leap. Don't think it's for everyone, but you know, Austin will always have a, a special place in my heart. As well as Oakland. Shout out to Oakland. Uh, if you're tuning in from Oakland, much love to to the town, um, town biz. Uh, let us know where you're tuning in from in the comments. We'll definitely engage with you. So you know, Maddie, you know, you're a prolific tweeter and LinkedIner and just everything, you know, thought leader in DEI and inclusive practices, you know, why do you think it's so important that organizations start really thinking about DEI, especially in this generation of work? Well, so for me, I think a lot of companies are thinking about DEI, but they're not thinking about it in the right way. I think so Mm. many people think like having cis white women is the same as having diversity, especially when you think about companies in the Bay and companies in Austin, that is like their workaround to diversity. And they think about diversity in the way of numbers, but they're never thinking about it in the way of how they treat people and how they make people feel. And for me, that's actually the much more important part. Like if you hire a bunch of black folks and then treat them poorly, have you actually done anyone a service? Probably not. Um, And so for me, it's really thinking about how can we take a really holistic approach to DEI, which means creating spaces where people feel safe, like they can thrive. And do you have a safe space if people can't openly talk about their trauma? Black folks specifically experience tons of workplace trauma. And Mm. too often we feel like we can't talk about it because it puts our livelihood and our jobs in jeopardy. And when that is how you feel about addressing things that are harming you for me that's an unsafe space yeah 100 percent. i agree i've even experienced my own workplace trauma um in leadership roles mm-hmm. in, uh, in corporate america and it, it's not pretty it makes you feel some type of way uh it, it stays with you for, for the rest of your career no matter where you work and even goes into your personal life you know i want to ask you because one of the things that you're really big on is psychological safety right you talk a lot about this and you talk and you advocate for so many um, people who don't see themselves in corporate America, or they don't they don't have that um, allyship, that community, you know, psychological safety. Break it down for us. How do you define it, and how does it how does it affect inclusive practices? So for me, psychological safety from a holistic perspective is the ability to show up and exist at work without fear that you'll be reprimanded for your own identity. Mm. And I think oftentimes we find ourselves tucking giant pieces of us away in order to be successful and to be accepted. Human nature is to want to be accepted. No one wants to be the pariah. No one wants to be ostracized. And so for me, psychological safety is the ability to just exist out loud in whatever way makes you whole without having to fear that it'll be at the detriment to your career. Mm. 
Mm, 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 mm. You know, I've been in some in some uh, a workspace where I'm like, bro, I am scared as hell. Like, <laughs> this is not for me. I need to dip. You know, I I do not yep. feel as if my uh, humanity is recognized. I don't feel as if I'm being listened to. And often, when I tell people, like, one of, one of the huge components of psychological safety, I think to a degree is emotional intelligence. But we need it at a, at a director manager level, um, and 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 it, it actually bleeds into culture. Right, just mm-hmm. this idea of listening, right? Listening to someone's humanity, their uniqueness, their difference, uh, what's going on in their personal lives. And I'm so surprised by how many organizations, even big organizations who, who like, for example, they advocate a growth mindset, they advocate for diversity and um, equity inclusion, but it's so tough um, really encouraging people at that director management level to have that, psych- to like nurture psychological safety within their cultures. You know, you work with a lot of leaders and you work with people who are looking for support communities. You know, how do they build that skill of, 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 of um, nurturing psychological safety within their teams or their cultures? So for me, it is a lot of Mm self-work. You cannot ask others to be better if you cannot be better yourself. And so it's a lot of looking in the mirror and understanding your own biases and where you are being the person in the room that's asking someone to shut it down and Mm. understanding that it is not the responsibility of someone else to make you comfortable and being able to check yourself and saying, why does that make me uncomfortable? Mm. I think oftentimes people ask me, how can I be an ally? How can I be an ally? And for me, the biggest thing and the most important thing is believing people. And our instinct is kind of to always be defensive, especially when people are telling us stories about people we really like or people we really trust. Mm. And so oftentimes we find ourselves going to leaders and saying, hey, I had this experience with so-and-so. And the leader's response is to say, well, I've never had that experience with so-and-so. I think you're just being dramatic. I think you're just reading into it. Mm. Instead of being able to take a step back and examine why was so-and-so's experience different than mine. Mm. And so much of the trauma that exists in the workplace, especially for Black people, is the erasure of our emotions and our lived experiences because people don't believe them. We are required to bring receipt upon receipt upon receipt to prove that we've experienced some level of trauma. And yeah. I'm sure like you you know, like I know, you can't have receipts for everything. I can't ask someone to like, hey, can you run that back so I can record you saying this into my phone, please? Um, and then even when we do have receipts, um, people still don't believe us. And I think that's the biggest thing is like leadership really being open and honest around, it's okay to admit that sometimes you've hired someone who has harmed someone else. Yeah. And being able to examine that because there is a level of guilt that comes with it. Yeah, show me the receipts. That's literally every 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 uh, yep. black person in America <laughs> always has to show the receipts every time they, every they have time. to every, every time they have to put in a, a issue with the the human resources. Like, prove to me where's the email, where's the transcripts. Did you document? Literally, and you know, I, I know I know a good friend of mine, Deborah Owens. I used to work with her. Um, she leads the corporate alley cat, and she's always coaching um, some of the people that she works with who are going through workplace trauma um, and have faced microaggressions or are about to transition out. She's always telling them like, document, 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 yep. because that's that's your only um, that's going to be your collateral um, or your your way to build leverage if you ever need to get out. And you want to exit package, right? Document, document, document. And you know, that's tough um, too. Just the fact that you always have to document your entire work experience yep. in case someone to, steps at you wrong. You have to over document your trauma and over document your successes. Because I've also learned that if you're not documenting your successes, no one else is either. 
And too mm. often we have to be the ones to bring up like, hey, I did this really cool thing. <laughs> um, and so that's what I'm doing when I'm coaching people too, is like over document <laughs> and over communicate literally yeah. everything. So for me, I'm one of those people who like, if I have a phone conversation with someone and they tell me they're going to do something, I immediately after a phone call, send an email, like just following up and like recording what we just talked about, just so you have a reminder. Um, and I've trained myself to do that. So I have accountability for myself and no one can ever say that like I dropped the ball because I'm not going to be that person um, who ends up being the pariah and the scapegoat because someone else didn't have their stuff together. Mm, 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 mm. Powerful, powerful. You, you, you're, you're preaching to the quiet and you're definitely changing lives. Okay. It, it's, it's my, it's time for my favorite part of the show. And this is a special part of the show because it's, we have you, our favorite blue haired uh, unicorn on the show. It's time to review Madison's tweets. Yep, oh, it's, that <laughs> it's time to review Madison tweet, Madison tweets and ask her a little bit about, you know, what, are, what inspired some of, of Madison's greatest tweets, right? Most recent tweets. And we are here on Madison's Twitter profile. And she, once again, she is our favorite blue haired unicorn at Team Guy. Literally, she is super active. We love everything that she tweets. Um, and we follow her religiously. And she has, she's made some gnarly tweets recently. Um, uh-huh. Hello, my name is Madison. This is my Twitter. I talk about anti-racism, blackness, trauma, and activism. I also talk about sex, pleasure, sex work, and strap lines. All are valid. I am multifaceted. What inspired this tweet? You know, who are you? Who are you? Who are you subtweeting to? <laughs> oh God. Um, so I think for me, it's like there is this. I keep seeing how we expect women who are in the workplace or who are mothers or who are married um, to just like now exist in this weird box where you're not a sexual being where you don't enjoy things and you are just like this identity and work is not my identity Mm. um work is something i do and something i love but i'm also all of these other things i am queer i'm poly like i have two awesome partners and i don't feel like that's a part of me that i should have to hide and tuck away in order to be viewed as like professional i don't use the word professional anyway because it doesn't pertain to me i have blue hair tons of tattoos like don't let the j crew sweater fool you i'm like (laughs) i'm heavily tattooed um and like so for me i just feel like we've asked women to become like shells of themselves in order to please male corporate america and Mm. i'm just i'm i'm not down (laughs) like at all like i am not going to defend my actions to men i'm not going to explain myself to men like i just i do not have to and society has made us believe that we do. And, you know, it's interesting as a woman, like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You have kids and now you're now you're lazy. You're going to work less um, or you don't want kids. And people think you're like hosting seances in your basement because what woman doesn't want kids. And so you don't have a good a good like path as a woman at all because society has created basically two paths and they both suck. Um, so I've decided that like, and it, you know, I talked about it on my Twitter yesterday, like it took me a long time to realize that. I didn't want a seat at someone else's table. I wanted to flip this stupid table and have my own. And so here we are making my own. <laughs> I lost you. Yeah, we lost you there. <laughs> I was like, we're back. Did you, we're back. Did you we're lose back. me or did I lose you? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely us, but we are back. But no, where, where, did, you, where did you um finish off? We were listening to you. <laughs> oh God, I don't remember. Um, I was just saying that it took me a long time to realize that I didn't want a seat at someone else's table. Mm. I wanted to flip that damn table and make my own. I didn't want to sit down with people who weren't deserving of my company or my input or my opinions. 
And I damn sure wasn't going to sit down at their table and water myself down in order to be accepted. Mm. Well, shout out to you. We we love your difference at Guide and we embrace it. You know, uh, it, it's funny. You just literally, that the exact words you just said, you tweeted that 16 hours. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the irony is real. The irony is real. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. This is a, this is a, uh, I think this one's interesting. I, I want to talk, I want to look at the tweets, not the retweets. Okay, going back to Whole30 tomorrow. What's Whole30? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so Whole30 is just like really sad diet of you basically cut out gluten, dairy, and all like refined sugars and all processed foods. So you only eat whole foods. Um, mm. So like you have to basically, when you think about the way you grocery shop is you basically do the perimeter. So you don't do anything in the aisles. Um, so all fruits, veggies, um, like grass fed meats and things like that. Um, it's actually great. I feel really great when I do it. Um, it's like a good lead. And I, I try to stay mostly paleo. Um, and so this is usually my lead into when I go back to being paleo. <laughs> We love it. We love it. A woman on her fitness. A woman on her fitness. Shout out to you. I, debatable. Debatable. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely ate a bunch of chicken fingers yesterday. Um, but, you know, it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. The fitness journey is a, it's a long marathon. Okay, okay. This is one of our favorites. I can't believe I was so comfortable in crowded bars and clubs before and let people breathe on me. <laughs> you don't know me like that, Gif. Tell us a little bit about this. What was the... <laughs> Oh my god! I just like I had this moment where, for, first off, I'm sure you like have friends in Austin, so you're probably seeing that people are going out regularly on yeah. Race Street, and they're like shoved into these crowded bars with no masks, and I like literally cannot imagine ever putting myself in a situation where people I don't know are breathing on me again. Like I just like let men I don't know like grind up on me in bars to get past me, and like, ugh. um. And like, I think about it like concerts and bars and all of these things that I did pretty regularly. I cannot believe that like at no point was I like, wow, this is really germy. Or like when you think about how many people like blow out candles on a cake and then everyone eats the cake, even though that person just spit all over the cake. Um, It really put into perspective like, dang, was my immune system bad or was I just always getting breathed on by people I don't know? Because I haven't been sick like at all outside of like my allergies since the pandemic. Yeah, you know, COVID-19, and, and I think people aren't taking COVID nineteen seriously at all. They're not going outside. They're not taking walks. They're they they're over. They're overly spending time with too many people. And it's like, y'all, we still have a virus out here. You know, yep. take time. You know, stay in close quarters. Um, get some rest. Go to sleep. <laughs> get seriously, take a nap. Seriously, right? Or, or at least get vaccinated. So I I love your. I, point. I got one. I'm, I'm one one vaccination down. One to go. <laughs> And, you know, there's some people that don't believe in vaccinations as well. Respect their belief systems. Everyone has their unique belief systems. But at least take care of yourself. Think about your holistic health. I think one of the biggest things I'm often telling people about what's going on right now is that, look, you know, COVID-19 is also a mindset virus because it's causing people to forget about their well-being and the importance of their mental health as well. So make sure that you're you're taking care of yourself and you're doing all the holistic things to to keep yourself um, in a good state. So shout out oh, to yeah. that. <laughs> that's I, I love that tweet. That that's we really went deep there more than we realized. Okay, so I this we're gonna we're gonna touch on two more and we're gonna leave it at that because <laughs> we can go for days on your tweets. So I accidentally bought a coconut water with pulp. So what's oh. your imagination with coconut water? Where did that come from? 
I mean, I love coconut water. I love it so much. Um, but so I went, I drove four hours to get my vaccine. Um, and so on the way back, we stopped at the gas station because I was thirsty. And I was like, I want coconut water. And I went in and I 100% it was at fault because I didn't read the damn can. Um, and I took a sip and it was just like chunky. Like the way that you think of like curdled milk, that's exactly what it felt like, except it was co coconut pulp, which I didn't even know was like a thing. And so I, I like pulled over and dumped it all out. But um, definitely not the highlight of my week. 10 out of 10 would not recommend to anyone. One out of five stars was not good. Like I'm okay with pulp and orange juice, but this was like, it was, a, it, the pulp is not the same as orange juice. It's not, <laughs> not here for it. Not here for it at all. <laughs> It kills your vibes. It is not. The yeah, same. it was so gross. I was just trying to have my talkies and my coconut water, and it was just, it was, it was a bust. <laughs> oh my goodness, we are so sorry for your taste buds lost. <laughs> yep, yep, same, oh very much same. Okay, 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 okay. That that was too good. Okay, so I, the last one we would have touched on. Let's let's make it random. Let's make it random. Um. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay, this one is too good, but it's too political. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Dar okay, Darby. Who's Darby? You know, my dog. The background <laughs> behind Darby. You know, what did um, you her? Yes. She, she would tell us a little she, bit more. Um, she, okay. So last year, actually around this time, one of my dogs passed away, and I have I have a lot of dogs. I have five. Um <clears throat> and he passed like really really suddenly and it was not expected and so I was just like beside myself and I basically stayed inside for a week and like cried about it and I finally was like oh my god I need to go out and like get coffee and like be a functioning human and I went out to get coffee and Darby was sitting in the middle of the road in Aww. the pouring rain and I was like oh my god it's a sign from the universe and now I have her and she is a terror but she's very cute like look at that little face um but you can tell like you can you can see the chaos in her eyes <laughs> you can tell she's up to no good at any time of the day <laughs> wait so she's she looks like she's a pit bull mix of some sort but she's super short like low to the ground like she's maybe this high um but she can literally jump from the ground all fours onto my countertops like wow. it's like she has a springboard <laughs> in her feet um because she can't like actually she can only get like the tips of her feet to my countertop if she stands up but if she runs and jumps, she can jump and like literally catapult herself onto the counter with all four legs. It's really wow. fun. Uh, yeah. It's a great time. She is an angel. Wow. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Darby. Um, you know, Darby needs to have her own Twitter profile. We could I could tell that she probably has like mad tweets that she cannot share because you haven't given her a Twitter profile. <laughs> probably because they're full of chaos, like she <laughs> chaotic energy. I love it. I love it. You know, with that said, y'all, please make sure to check out the blue haired unicorn at corporate unicorn, C O R P R T E unicorn on Twitter. She's active. She's literally active. One of the most active people on my Twitter feed, and that we love to follow a guy who shares so many beats about professional work life, you know, inclusive, inclusive culture, some, everything that we really love to, to highlight in terms of um, some of the conversations that are happening in the Twitter sphere. Um, as far as far as workplace culture and workplace happiness and employee experience. So please check her out, Corporate Unicorn. She is down to earth. So definitely check her out on Twitter. And she comes from the she hails from the Midwest. So please, please, please give her a follow on Twitter. With that said, y'all, you know, Madison, I, I want to ask you, you know, what would be your most profitable takeaway for someone that's listening right now to our show? Someone that's a part of our God community. And you know, they 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 are a leader. 
they want to build inclusive teams, where should they start um, in their journey in building inclusive teams? So I think my two most important takeaways are one, being able to examine yourself and where you are impacting culture in a negative way. As mm -hmm. leaders, we have to understand that we impact the culture from the top down. And so when a culture is harmful, when it is dangerous, there is a responsibility um, on us to one, fix it, but also own where we contributed to it. Um, the other important takeaway is, I think part of it is no matter how toxic an environment is, please know that it is not a reflection of you as an identity or you as a person. I think it's been really hard for me as a black queer woman to separate hate from myself and knowing that people's opinions of me don't invalidate my existence. Mm. And it's been incredibly important for me as a part of my self-care journey, but also as a journey to being comfortable with who I am, knowing that regardless of the company I work for and how they treat me, how people treat me is not a reflection of who I am. Hey, we got to tweet that. How people treat you is not a reflection of who you are. Snaps to that. I, are you Madison? You're a poet. <laughs> um, I was an English major who wrote a lot of poetry, so um, that that's all I got, though. <laughs> no, the way hey, look, you be tweeting like you be writing poetry. <laughs> for real, for real, for real. No, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Madison, and I think blessing us with your insights like you always do on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Please give her a follow on LinkedIn as well. Over fifty-one thousand followers who are following Madison, the blue-haired unicorn, and her movement, and making sure that we, we change the narrative for workplace cultures, and, and we're thinking about building more inclusive teams, more inclusive cultures that recognize the difference in everyone, not just a select few. Madison, you know, thank you so much. We gotta send you a gift. We, we definitely gotta send you your tea bag that's coming. You know, the tea selling now. I'm so excited. It's, 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 it's on its way. But we appreciate you for supporting the guy community and, and more importantly for, for leading your movement. You know, we always say that your platform is our platform. You definitely are leading an amazing movement uh, and really bringing, uh, bringing more attention um, to what the future of work is going to look like, which is going to be a future of work for everyone, an inclusive future of work. So, so thank you, Madison. We would love to have you back on in the future when, when you write that book. What do you think? Sounds good to me. <laughs> love it, love it. Talk soon, Madison. Peace. Thanks for having me. Peace. <laughs> Shout out to Madison Butler, the Madison Butler, your favorite. Yes, I said it, your favorite blue haired unicorn. Please check her out. Check her out on LinkedIn, Twitter. She's active. She will comment back, literally, if you comment on any of her tweets. She is literally one of the most personable people we've probably had on the show in, in, in a while and uh, an open guest, right? So definitely check her out on Twitter and LinkedIn. Madison Butler, your favorite blue-haired unicorn. Don't you just love her name? I, didn't, I don't think I even asked her questions about what inspired the blue-haired unicorn, but as you can tell, it's just because she's different. That's just who she is. And we love people who are different at Team God. So definitely shout out to Madison. So with that said, y'all, you know, make sure y'all copy your big black tea. We continue to sell out. In fact, Forbes says we're definitely selling out. Shout out to Forbes for giving us a next 1,000 feature. Still huge. Still talking about it. Probably one of the biggest highlights of my personal career, but of our company's journey in building guide. So make sure you get your big black hot tea at bigblacktea.com. 
And rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. He recently just won the Golden Globe, which is well-deserved. In addition to getting your hot big black tea, please make sure to sign up as a creator on guygroup.com, guygroup.com. Sign up for a creator. We're currently in the state of refreshing our website to make sure it communicates who we are now. And more importantly, show some love. We got a new logo. Yep, iterating as we build. We got a new logo. We call it, I call it, Guide V2. A better guide, a more creative guide, a more open guide. We're going to be doing so much in these next few months to continue to create and make sure we're living up to our virtues and our mission of equipping every creator with the skills, mindset, and opportunities for a fulfilling career. So make sure to check out guidegroup.com and join if you're an amazing creator who's educating the world about something that you're passionate about, but it's also professionally related, right? So check out guidegroup.com. With that said, y'all, thank y'all so much for joining today's episode. Shout out to Madison Butler for being our awesome, special, lively guest. We're going to be talking with you all soon, but wait, I am not going to leave y'all cold. I got some jams that I want to share with you all that I think you all will appreciate. I believe you all will appreciate. Let me go ahead and pull them up right now. Because I am the MC and I am also the co-host. So story of my life. Always wearing two hats. <laughs> A smooth jam to make sure that y'all can ride out to. Let me know your comments on it. And this is by the squad, the Smoothication Experience squad. They have shown so much love to the BBT team, right? Big Black T team. One of my favorite play playlists of all time. And one of my favorite songs, probably of all time. You called and told me, Jeff Red. That's what we're going to be closing you all out to. Let's go.
No! 